Hi everyone, my name's Dave. And I'm Jay. And you're listening to SportStack Weekly Analysis by AlphaStack, where you can get your weekly discussion on everything SportStack. This is a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at AlphaStack Group. And don't forget to check out our weekly blog posts at www.alphastack.co.uk. Right, enough of the admin. Let's get on with the show. Sound the alarm, folks. We are back for the SportStack Weekly Analysis Podcast, but this is our first emergency pod. I'm Dave. I've got Jay with me as usual. Jay, why are we here? So we are we're here because Sportstack have just announced the sort of adjustments to the scoring table for the upcoming season. Um, yeah. Obviously, this is something that's been uh, discussed quite a bit on Slack. It's been uh, mentioned in around Twitter. I know we've mentioned it a couple of times as well. And um, I think in one of our previous podcasts, we had a a lot of questions, a lot of suggestions put in to us, and um, obviously Sportstack have taken everything on board. Uh, it sounds like they've run it over quite a few games sort of on, on their end. So this new table's been run, by the sounds of it, on a number of Premier League games since the restart, um, which is, is good to know. And obviously it's, you know, they've sort of then um, confirmed this these adjustments um, based on what they've seen. So, yeah, we're here basically now to discuss this, give a couple of explanations. We've got a couple of questions brought in and some of the some of the big benefactors and some of the I suppose some of the losers as well. Yeah, so the uh I suppose the asterisks next to everything we've been saying over the last few weeks um can kinda of come to an end. We don't have to speculate anymore on what's gonna happen <laughs> yeah. with the scoring table, at least until, you know someone complains and then we start talking about changes for next season. But this uh this looks like a, a quite good, robust um set of changes to to the scoring table so we'll run through those um, as Jay said we'll address some questions and we'll try and get to the bottom of who who benefits and who suffers from from these changes um, quick point before I jump in we've got some work going on in the kitchen downstairs so if you hear any banging or anything in the background I'm not able to edit out that's all it is I'm not under attack or anything uh, so we're all good um, so there are a few changes to to the table as we mentioned there are a few in the sort of shots area so shot on target now is still worth five uh, five points but they have tightened up the definition of a shot on target such that they have brought in the block shot so now when a shot um, hits defender is worth 2p and they've also changed the payout for um, a player hitting the woodwork from 5p also down to 2p then kind of away from shots we've got a foul one which we knew was was going to be added and that's at the 2p mark a corner one is plus 1p and then an unsuccessful dribble is minus 1p and a tackle missed is minus 1p and we will get into exactly what how you define those and sort of what makes up any of those um, particular situations in a moment mm-hmm. in terms of the questions we want to sort of cover these off throughout the um, the body of the podcast but we just wanted to say thank you to the guys that sent them in so Scotty who we've had on the podcast before he said what players instantly spring to mind that will benefit from these changes both on the long and the short side and then Sportstack LC has asked how do you think it will impact player prices 
uh, we'll see. Will we see a slight uh, general increase across the board, or do we think it'll be only certain players that, that see a rise? So we'll get into kind of definitions now, and then we'll um, we'll address the players that should do better or worse from from these changes um, a little later on. Yep. So Jay, first off, um, what exactly? What what sort of the nuance around a block shot and a shot on target now? So realistically, the the main thing now is to to get a shot on target. Um, you literally have to have the shot saved by the keeper, or um, a player on the defending team is uh, basically clearing it off the line, or the last defender behind the keeper. Yeah. Um. So that there might be a situation where. I don't know, Manuel Neuer runs out, misses the tackle, which is completely acceptable for someone like him. He's fully capable of doing that. Um, you know, player takes a shot and then you've got someone like, I don't know, David Alaba or Fonzo Davis um, blocking it, but that could be, say, on the edge of the box, but because they would then be the last man behind the goalkeeper, you would get a shot on target for that. Yeah. So they are essentially the last line of defence, um, yeah. perhaps in a in a, an odd sort of rush goalie, um, rush goalie kind of situation. Yeah, but in in general terms, it's the last line of defence. Um, so you you are pretty much looking for a a saved shot in effect. Um, right. Okay. And blocked shots, obviously, that is at any other point where the shot is blocked. Um, so what you will end up having is. You know all of these um, free kick takers who, you know, you you could pretty much back them two minutes before they take the free kick on the off chance that you know you know they're pretty much going to hit the wall or the shot's going to be saved. Um, so you you had a sort of a safety net, I suppose. Um, it was yeah. almost guaranteed that you were going to get plus five. It's that strategy, that very short term trading trading strategy, is just gone out the window. <laughs> Uh, because yes. chances are they're only going to get plus two now for the block shot. Right. Okay. And the change for hit woodwork, mm. uh, to me at least, it kind of makes sense because the end result of, of a player hitting the woodwork is the same as if they miss a target altogether. Yeah. So obviously um, there's there's that little bit in between then, isn't there? From a complete miss where they get minus one, um, what they used to get was plus five here in the woodwork, but in reality, uh, most sort of uh, stat sites will take hitting the woodwork down as a as a miss because it's not technically on target yeah yeah it's just that hitting the woodwork does carry with it a bit of I suppose it's just a sense of excitement it's the sound of the noise you know cracking the post at speed um, it sets everyone on edge mm -hmm. gets everyone excited so to to give hit woodwork hit woodwork a minus one would probably be a bit of a shame um, yeah but a plus two I think is good because you know hit woodwork is normally a, a talking point within the game yeah it's like you know if, if that was two yards more um, inside it's a goal if it curls a little bit more it's a goal um, you know just the, those little things it always makes a good talking point so I do think that there should be a, a positive attribute awarded for hitting the woodwork rather than a complete negative yeah yeah I'd agree on that um, found one as we said before that's something we knew was going to be added to the platform yeah just everybody um, wanted that one <laughs> everyone wanted it I think it makes total sense because it counteracts a foul being conceded mm -hmm. um, the, I suppose the only question over it really was what level it would be brought in at and again plus 
last two is is the level that I think we probably all thought made sense. Yeah, I I remember one or two people mentioning, or you know, should should it only be plus one? But the vast vast overwhelming majority of users were thinking, well, if you lose two when you concede a foul, then you should gain two when you win a foul. That's that's only fair. They they they're completely polar opposite um, actions, and you know. Yeah, it should just be plus two, minus two. Yeah, yeah, they counterbalance each other quite nicely. Corner one is something I wasn't necessarily expecting, so it's kind of a nice little surprise. Um, yeah. And actually having run through some of the numbers um, that we've seen in the last half hour or so, it does it does tweak things slightly for a couple of players. Yeah, so I was quite, I was quite surprised to see it, but then sort of when you think about it, it does make sense um, just to add that you know that little bit extra on there um, it's not you know it's not huge obviously it's plus one um, so it, it will it will definitely help if you're long in players for example um, especially sort of the the attacking players yeah and, and there, there are um, various situations where a player wins a corner and you know they've made the defender really work the defender has maybe put a good challenge in so crediting that player for for getting that out of the defender i suppose kind of kind of makes sense because you know if you've got this say if you've got a winger one 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 against the defender or something like that um unsuccessful dribble i suppose is, is the opposite of that if this is different to a player getting ta- just getting tackled in in open play right Yes, so um, unsuccessful dribble is pretty much going to be uh, if if say Sam Maximum and he's the the obvious one to go for for the amount of dribbles that he tends to uh, that he tends to try and complete. Um, if he takes on someone and he fails to take them on, uh, so he what we're seeing is he he effectively gets tackled on the pitch. Um, but it will go down as a unsuccessful dribble because he's attempted to take the person on. Yeah. Um, and obviously the flip side of that is if, say, say Sam Maximum was just standing still and he gets dispossessed and tackled, then he would get minus two because he hasn't attempted a dribble. Yeah. So for these sort of attacking players who go for the dribbles all the time and try and take players on, it's not too painful now if they get tackled they'll only lose minus one as opposed to minus two yeah so the punishment is less severe if they're actually attempting to progress play forwards which is kind of what you want to see yeah absolutely excellent okay and the final point is the tackle missed yeah so this one again this one is completely new and I don't think it's something that we I I know it's not something that we probably thought of or even considered I'm not sure too many people had um, but it definitely adds adds a little bit more spice to it. Um, obviously, you get it's minus one, but it's you know if a player attempts to make a challenge um, and you know completely misses it, um, and you know player just skips past and carries on sort of thing, then they will get minus one. Um, yeah. The thing to point out here though is that the if a if a player goes in for the tackle and concedes a foul. 
they will get minus two for the foul, but they will they won't get the additional minus one for the tackle missed. Right. So for the sort of um, how do I explain it? So when you've got two sort of actions that can happen, two actions on sports stack that can happen in a single action, um, yeah. they won't stack. Right. So that, that limits the damage in certain situations. Yeah. So I mean. For example, like Benjamin Mendy um, against Christian Pulisic last season would have got minus one when he tried that awful last man lunge and Pulisic just skipped past and obviously went on to score. Um, so obviously yeah. he would have got minus one there for that tackle miss, just as an example. Yeah, so that's, that's an example where it's a tackle miss and it's, it's not a foul. Yeah. Right, okay, cool. Uh, there was... There were a couple of sort of situations we wanted to clear up as well in terms of how these new shot categories interact with the corner being one, because there is obviously some overlap there. Yes. So as far as we're aware, um, hypothetically, and I mean I say hypothetically, this happens all the time. Player takes a free kick, deflects off the wall for a corner. Um, what we should be seeing is plus two for the block shot and plus one for the corner one. Yeah, um, and similarly, if you've got a player who takes a free kick and you know, a defender in the wall blocks it with their hand, um, they would get plus two for the block shot. Um, then the additional points for the free kick one or the penalty one depends on on where it is. So, I suppose if you think back to um, the Champions League game where. Depay got given a penalty against him for, I mean, it's a pretty poor decision in all honesty, but yeah. um, something like that where Ronaldo would have then got plus two for the block shot, then the penalty one. It, it, those kind of situations do stack because they're different. Um, they're, they're actually different actions. Yes. Yeah, so the shot is, the shot being blocked is irrespective of how they blocked it I suppose yeah um, being being with the hand okay that makes sense so we've laid out um, kind of what these changes mean hopefully that's all that's all quite clear for you guys we've now done um, a bit of quick analysis on these changes they it's, it's all kind of gone through two avenues so the shot data has come from from who scored and then the rest of the data has come from a platform called Rotowire and that means that getting overall payout changes for every player has um, has not been possible in the, the short amount of time we've had to to do this pod. So what we've got is we've got two parts here. We can look at the shot data in isolation, um, where obviously that is far more relevant for attacking and, and, and creative players. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the rest of the data, which we have been able to apply to, to everyone in the league to see who will be the biggest winners and the biggest losers from these changes. So... Starting with the shot data, we've looked at the players who have the most hit with work and the most block shots on who scored. And we've worked on the basis that any block shot is going to go from a shot on target, from what it would, would have been before, to now a block shot on the app. Um, on the basis that having a shot cleared off the line by a defender um, and it therefore being classified still as a shot on target is quite rare. 
So we're assuming that those block shots are all, uh, maybe it's a sliding defender uh, coming in on the one-on-one, or it could be a, a shot from outside the box that's been blocked off a player's back or something. Um, they're all going to be allocated a minus three. And then any shot that hit, hits the woodwork is also allocated a minus three. Um, and yeah, we've, we found some, some pretty interesting stuff here. So in respect of block shots, um, on a decent sample size, um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and Harry Wilson are quite two quite random names. They've got the highest block shot percentage in the league at 45%. And then just below them, um, you've got Bernardo Silva, Trezeguet, Gilfie Sigurdsson. They all kind of make sense. Douglas Luiz randomly on 42%. That's a bit of an odd one. Um, he should probably just stop shooting, I guess. Um, and then James Madison on 41%. Um, so those guys are all up there, but obviously they're not particularly interesting um, sports stack trades. Um, in terms of hitting the post, you've got some really random outliers with Eddie Nketiah, Ben Godfrey and Moritz Leitner having all hit the post two or three times um, on quite a small sample of shots. But then outside of those guys, the, the top post hitters, I suppose you can call them, um, are Rashford, Danny Ings, Vardy, KDB, Sterling and Bruno. Um, so those first five guys have hit the post four or five times the surprising thing is Bruno having hit the post three times having played only 14 games um, and in those 14 games he's rattled off 44 shots so he's played a lot less than <laughs> than any of the other guys um, and he's still managed to get out uh, a proportionally higher number of shots than they have so that is something to watch out for um, next season the bottom line on him is that he probably should continue to produce good numbers next year just based on the amount of attempts he's having um, but obviously there is the caveat there of will United carry on getting penalties at the rate they have done this season um, yeah. but having put through um, all of these adjustments on the block shots and the hit woodwork shots we have we've got changes in the payouts for, for most of these attacking players and the most notable losers, bear in mind that there won't be any winners because essentially it's just shots on target being downgraded to block shots or hit would work. Well, yeah, hit would work shots now being downgraded from 5p to 2p. The biggest losers are Mohamed Salah, Sergio Aguero and Raheem Sterling at 3.5, 3.2 and 3.1 points per game each. It's quite How does that sit with you, Jay? Um, yeah, I, it's quite significant on the basis of those are probably three of the most trigger happy forwards in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, and sort of when you think about it, I mean, you know, we could quite easily say oh, it's three and a half p. It's it's not massive, but these players are sort of on average paying out between sort of fifteen sixty p. And when you put three and a half p up against that, you're talking. Uh, seven, eight percent that their payouts are going to be lowered by. Yeah. Sort of on average, just on the just on the shots, and those those margins can be quite quite key. I mean, I've had a number of trades where I've you know maybe only gained two, three, four percent. So if I'm then potentially going to lose that amount from just from block shots that makes me maybe not want to go long on some of these players yeah 
it feels like now um, it's an, it's an even more extreme version of they have to score to do something. Yeah. Um, and I suppose before every time you know, say every time Salah has a shot, and to be fair, there are a lot of them. You know, he's he's been accused quite a lot in the last couple of seasons of being selfish or being a, a ball hog or any, or anything like that when he's taking on shots where maybe he should be squaring it to someone. Yes. Um, and previously, when he's taking on those shots, as long as he looks like hitting the target, whether he gets blocked or not, you don't really care. No, now, exactly. Now it's just, it's still not going to harm. It's still not going to harm you, but you're better off with him playing the ball sideways and getting an assist than shooting and getting a plus 2p. Yeah. Um, so you're probably far more invested now in players actually making good decisions for the team. If only they would do that on a regular basis. <laughs> and yeah, that is that is the issue. Um, some of these guys, you know, they're strikers for a reason. They're, they're selfish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just actually thinking outside the box. Like that game where I think Mope got like eight shots on target, I... I really want to know how badly that would have gone for him. Otherwise, <laughs> if we had this sort of um, if we had this scoring table in place for that game, um, for some reason, I, c- I can't imagine that I would have made much of a profit on him because some of those shots were awful. <laughs> well, if hold on, do you remember what game it was? No, not off the top of my head. I just remember it, there was a game where he had about seven. There was a game, um, and I'm thinking that I might be able to find it quickly on SofaScore and we could at least estimate something, but I'm not sure. I, I can't remember who it was against or even whether this was before or after lockdown. Uh, it, it was definitely before lockdown. Before lockdown, it was okay. Definitely before lockdown. So any of these shots four shots on target and four block shots they it played was, away to Bournemouth yes. and lost 3-1 yeah so he had 40 people shots on target there and he would have lost 12p would have lost 3p for each of the four block shots yeah so yeah that would have brought him down to 45p then and obviously that's just on the shots without anything else that, you know, any of the other adjustments. Uh, and when yeah. you look at it that way, and I know that's obviously quite an extreme case, that's that's nearly, well, it, it's more than a fifth of his overall payout, which was 57. Yeah, so it, it can change things quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something to keep an eye out for. What, we, what I did mean to say earlier... Um, is that we can put together overall points changes for, for players if people want to. So send them in on Twitter, um, you know, for a limited period because it could take a fair amount of time. So we don't want to just promise to do this endlessly for everyone. Um, <laughs> yeah. But we'll we'll stick a tweet up after this podcast has gone out um, where you guys can send in requests to get a, a number on every player. Um, and we can, we can tell you, you know, on that they will be up or down X pennies per game um, based on these these scoring table uh, changes with that we will move on to the road to wire data which gives us the corners fouls unsuccessful tackles and or missed tackles sorry, and, uh, and unsuccessful dribbles um, and here we get a bit more of a complete picture and actually it's very interesting some of the stuff that comes out here Jay yeah so I mean the the biggest winner 
and I don't think it's going to be a huge shock to to many people at all, um, given the amount that this stat was um, poured over social media just about everywhere on uh, who was the most fouled player in the league. Um, so yeah, you've got Jack Grealish, who is the biggest winner by quite a country mile. Yeah, by quite some way. So yeah, he he actually gains 8.8p per game, um, which... You know, in the in the grand scheme of his, I mean, his average for uh, last year was, I mean, it wasn't great. I think pretty sure it was around the mid forties, forty three p. So if he gains eight point eight p, you know, average, then you're looking at um, fifty, fifty one, fifty two p, which is huge. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're adding the best part of twenty percent to his payout. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just to show how how far ahead he is in the sort of biggest winner, uh, James Madison is the second biggest winner with four point eight pence per game. Yeah. So Grealish is by far, um, you know, the player who's going to benefit most from this, and you know that that pretty much answers half of your question, Scott, um, because it's it's basically Grealish. <laughs> Yeah, so that the the top bit of the table there for for the overall changes, um, it's there are some surprises, but the the top few Greedish Madison being up there, I'm a little bit surprised by Jordan Ayew and Wilfred Zaha being third and fourth. You know, I'm quite happy about that. Um, you sure you haven't fixed the data to show that? Um, <laughs> no one will ever know if I have. <laughs> um, no, just just for, for total transparency, in terms of what we've done with the data here, we've got the number of fouls won over the course of the season, simply multiplied that by two. We've got the number of corners won over the course of the season for each player. We've got the attempted dribbles minus su- successful dribbles to get a number for unsuccessful dribbles. And we're working on the basis that the numbers are going to be roughly the same from from wise data provider to, to Opta they might even use Opta I should have checked that before we started recording the podcast um, and then we've done tackles minus tackles one for the number of, of tackles missed as well and what you end up with is the total difference over the course of the season just divide that by games played so it's it's a reasonably simple calculation um, what it ends up as because a foul one is plus two and everything else is plus or minus one it kind of ends up being that fouls one um, is kind of the biggest driver in terms of the the change um, in payout per game for every player. So Greedish is miles ahead of anyone else in terms of fouls drawn this season with 167. Um, Zaha is second with 120. Uh, Jordan Ayew is, I think, third with 105. Um, just just looking down the column here. And that means that, in the end, that that's going to lift those guys higher. And obviously, if they're not um, missing a load of uh, missing a load of tackles or losing the ball constantly from dribbles, um, or you know, too much, um, then that's going to leave them quite high up the table. So, in terms of the fouls, one it is yeah, Greedish, Zaha, Ayu, and then Madison. So that's the top four, kind of just in a in a different order. Corners one is quite an interesting one, actually. Um, and as we'd mentioned earlier with, say, 
a free kick hitting the wall or something like that, going out for a, for a corner, you would get allocated the the point for corner one, right, Jay? Uh, yes, yes, we would. Right. So with that, the top two for corners one is Trent and Kevin De Bruyne, and presumably a lot of that comes from crosses or free kicks being diverted out for a corner. You've then got a few dribblers. You've got Zaha, Sterling and Adama Traore who will be running at defenders. Defender manages to, to get a toe on it and just stick the ball out for a corner. And mm. in those situations, they're probably quite glad they managed to do that. That counts as a, a success. Yeah. Um, unsuccessful dribbles. Unsurprisingly, Zaha is way, way, way ahead at the top with 104. It's um, like three a game. <laughs> Yeah, so so we're talking between two and three a game unsuccessful dribbles. Um, he's making about sixty percent of his dribbles. Um, so that explains why he's below Jordan Ayew. That that one initially looked a little bit strange, but he's um, yeah he's way ahead in unsuccessful dribbles. And behind him, you've got Diogo Jota, uh, Dwight McNeil, Adama Traore on 67, 65 and sixty three. So that gives you an idea of the gap between Zaha and everyone else um, tackles missed is is quite an interesting one because this plays more on the defenders um, where defenders don't really show up on the other tables too much um, so these defensive players for tackles missed Wilford and Didi is top there on minus 61 um, Declan Rice is minus 65 uh, Ricardo Pereira minus 51 and Wabisaka actually minus 49 so you're talking defenders who generally have a lot to do um, and inevitably that's going to result in them you know missing the odd tackle yeah um, you know I certainly wouldn't look at that list and think that reflects badly on them it's just the fact that they're, they're constantly involved in the action yeah it's um, the roles that they've got within their team like especially with Ndidi for example he's there to try and break up play uh, yeah. as much as possible so you know he's going to try and get himself stuck in yeah so once you've got those four categories all kind of balanced off you end up with their their differential over the course of the season and when you work out per game um, the most notable loser from this is Declan Rice um, but there is quite a large skew towards um, players payouts nudging a little bit higher rather than nudging lower so um, Declan Rice would lose 1.3p per game and that is largely on the strength of him missing those tackles but not offsetting that with, with winning fouls interesting um, yeah I feel I feel, I feel a little bit like I'm, I'm sort of looking at the tables we've got here and reading those off isn't actually that interesting for you guys to listen to um, so what we, what we might do is chuck together a quick blog post to show what we've got in terms of these rankings um but for LC's question, where we're asking, is this going to generally lift players? I think generally no. I think there is certainly a shift towards the changes lifting players, pay out slightly higher, but then strikers are going to suffer from the fact that it's just harder to, to register those shot on target points. Um, and you will see quite selectively players' prices going up so the likes of, of Grealish, Zaha, um, Adama Traore, so the, the dribblers, and then it's if there are any defenders that are particularly um, efficient in not missing their tackles, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
and they are maybe getting up and down the pitch to win corners and then if they are drawing the odd foul yeah um, it's, it's, it sounds like you almost don't want to take you don't want to take on um, sort of your central players when you're talking about defenders because sort of the, the modern fullback now like how often does Trent put in a tackle like I'd, I'd much rather go long on Trent knowing that he's not really ever going to lose much for unsuccessful tackle whereas he's more yeah. likely to gain points for corners one yeah and that's that's a fair point when you're looking at how they they balance off he is he is going to win a lot more for for corners than he's going to lose for missed tackles I mean on Trent specifically what have we got here this he is where is... I get proved wrong straight away on just a theory no, no, you're quite right. So, as we said, he top for corners one. With uh, so he's added fifty six p on corners one over the course of the season, mm-hmm. and for missed tackles, he's minus twenty one p. Okay, so it's it's pretty much a sort of uh, two to one ratio then. Yeah, more than two well, to one. Yeah, sorry, more than two um, to one. And and he's actually only losing thirty p on uh, on unsuccessful dribbles. So his corners one make up for the fact that every now and again he gets tackled and every now and again he misses a tackle. Brilliant. Um, so that's certainly one of the more extreme ones. We will we'll put this stuff together into a blog post for sure. Um, Jay, have you got any um, instinctive reactions to all of this stuff that we've kind of uh, covered here? Um, I'm kind of looking forward to how some of the prices are effective like the you know the opening prices um on some of these players just to just get a gauge for i think obviously what we are undoubtedly going to see is a massive a massive user surge on going long on jack Grealish for the first game yes <laughs> which that that could be quite interesting just to uh, just to sit and watch um when whenever the market's open i think that's going to be uh, sort of middle of next week sometime more than likely um, yeah. so that'll, that'll definitely be an interesting one um, and I imagine you know if if we're able to get some sort of net uh, plus and gains uh, sorry uh, plus and losses for, for some players um, on Twitter then sort of those players that we mentioned may see um, higher prices or, or lower prices yeah exactly we'll um as I said, we'll stick that tweet out, and we can uh, we can do that over the course of the afternoon. So maybe we'll give give you guys like a power hour or something to get those guys those names sent in, um, and we'll we'll dig out numbers for for each of the players, um, so people start to get an idea of how this will reflect from from one player to the next. You know, everyone's got their favourites, um, so we can we can get some of the numbers out there for those guys. I don't think there's anything else to add from my side. Um, now I think we're pretty much there. Yeah, no, I think that's that's pretty much it. You know, we don't need to go into a huge amount of detail. This was really a a reaction podcast with a couple of um, explanations and the sort of quick analysis on on the players really that have uh, that might see changes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, right, we will be back next week again. This is probably without Jay um, for for podcast at the usual time. Mm-hmm. So. Thank you everyone for listening and we will uh, we'll catch up with you then. Cheers.